So this is Mike Spivey at the Spivey Consulting Group. The idea just popped in my head that maybe the most useful podcast possible. This is going to be what I wish I knew about admissions 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I was applying to graduate schools, my MBA program, that I know now. If I could give you all my 20 years plus of admissions experience what I wish you, you would know. And what prompted this is I was thinking about the multiple threads online and they're bifurcated and it's like almost 50-50. There's these threads that pop up that say admissions is just your numbers. And then there's these threads that pop up that say admissions is more than just your numbers. I'm below both medians and I got in. So let me address that. Admissions offices wouldn't tell you this. I can't speak, of course, for all 200 admissions offices, all 1,000 and more admissions officers. But I do know the atmospheric pressures on offices. I do know the gatekeeping responsibility and how files are read. Not only does my firm have 175 years law school admissions experience, we consult for law school. So we actually go in and we help them with many things. But one thing is we teach them, the new people, a process of reading files. I used to teach new admissions professionals at, at an LSAC newcomers workshop. So if you're dean of admissions, you report most often to the dean of the law school. There are some who report to an associate dean, but anyways, regardless, the dean of the law school sets targets. And depending on where the law school is, the target might be just enroll a class of 125 who you think are going to pass the bar and get jobs. All the way to the target might be plus three LSAT plus a tenth of a GPA. It might be, you know, double our diversity. That's something we targeted when I was available and we did. So different targets. Early in the cycle, whatever those targets are, and they're likely going to be LSAT, GPA, diversity, enrollment number, and then sort of a gender balance, that will generally be your first targets. So often, particularly for non-ED applicants, non-URM applicants, and non-special interest applicants, what are special interest applicants? You're probably not one of them. You might be. But generally, if you know someone who's been a donor or a friend to the law school, that makes you special interest. Early cycle, if you don't fall into those categories, again, this is a very revealing look at admissions, not just law school admissions, undergrad, business school, etc. If you don't fall in those categories, you're going to want to be at one of those targets. If you're at that target, Early on, I would agree with many of those posts online that numbers count. It is exceptionally, exceedingly rare that you see early cycle someone below the median LSAT and below the median GPA get admitted to a school they apply to. It happens. Sometimes people catch lightning in a bottle or there's other reasons that I mentioned. There's a couple other classifications that might help, but it's rare. So let me now go to late cycle. I'm going to make this the point of the podcast, which is what I wish you all knew. We're talking medians, not means. And that is good news for a lot of people. Schools don't have to average GPA. They don't have to average LSAT. So what happens in May, June, July, August? 
At some point when you're looking at your data, you see that your LSAT's locked in. Maybe you exceeded your target goal, maybe you hit it, maybe you're under, but you have a 60 enrollee matriculant deposit paid cushion and there's only a month to go and you know you're not gonna lose that LSAT. Your GPA gets locked in. Your diversity numbers, your you know gender numbers, they're all sort of around where you targeted. And guess what? Here's where the magic happens. We have blogs about this on our website, blogs written by former clients, well below both medians, who got admitted to you know top 14 schools. Admissions officers, and this is so obvious, but it's so hard to think of when you're an applicant. They're you. <laughs> They're regular people who had an open container violation when they were in college and were nervous when they applied to be an associate director of admissions and, you know, flubbed their first few admit phone calls when they were new in their career. They're no different than you. They have insecurities, but more importantly, you know, they have things that they're really good at and things that, they, that really matter to them. And if what matters to them which is often the case in admissions, is getting to know people. You get into admissions because you're a people person. If you've stood out in a positive way, if you've visited the school, if you've called, if you've emailed in a professional, get to know someone manner, not too much, not too little, once a month. Put another way, a much better way, if the admissions officer likes you, remembers you, guess what happens when their numbers are locked in? They want to admit you. So what I wish you knew, what I wish I knew 20-something years ago is if you can get to know, it doesn't have to be in person. It doesn't have to be on the phone. It can't be overly persistent. We had a, someone we worked with years ago, we didn't know this, was sending a, an elite law school a postcard a day every day of the year. That person's not going to get admitted to that school. But if you can relate to the people reading your file, they, they're going to like you. And what happens when their numbers are going to get locked in? They want to admit the people that are going to fit into the culture of their law school, which in their minds is people that they like. Shoot for stretches. We've, I've never once, to, to my knowledge, I mean, maybe dating back to like 19 years ago, maybe I did, but to, to my memory, I've never talked someone out of applying to, to a law school. You never know when you might catch lightning in the bottle. In this case, lightning in the bottle means that the right person might like you on the right day. This is Mike Spivey at the Spivey Consulting Group. The cycles are long. We put up a new blog I've mentioned before, www.spiveyblog.com. There's sort of a mix of quotes, podcasts, and stories over there that if you're getting um, anxious about the LSAT, but more often just anxious about the weight, these are things that sort of keep you upbeat through the waiting process. I hope this blog was helpful. Again, it's kind of insider. I, I'm kind of normally a little more guarded with my experience, but I um, this was on my mind and I hope it helps. Thanks. Mm-hmm.